You're listening to Boys Don't Cry with Russell Kane, brought to you by Joe. Hello, welcome to Boys Don't Cry with me, Russell Kane, the show where I force men to talk about stuff they don't normally talk about. I was told it wouldn't work. I was told people didn't want to listen to stuff like that. Or even worse, what if it becomes laddie? Neither has happened. I've had men oversharing. I've had contributors emailing in the week, please cut out that stuff I shared. There's something about you hypnotising me, you're making me say things. Not only that, but half the people listening to this show or more, do you know what they are? Women. The nosy bitches love looking inside the heads of men. There's never been anything that goes, yeah. this cog hits this cog, and I'm going to describe it. So we are sailing very close to the... So this self- is research. This is, this, this is well. For a lot of women, are A lot of the comments coming back, yeah. a lot of the Twitter and social media interactions, like, thank you, I didn't know why Gary was rocking back and forth and staring at the yucca <laughs> I kept walking in. I blamed him for ejaculating on my space bar. But now I understand he was just lonely and it wasn't actually dwarf porn he was into. So that's one I got this morning. (laughs) That was wrong, actually. It turned out Gary was just into dwarf porn, but that will happen now and again. (laughs) So who's my panel this week? I'm joined by Ross McGrain, stand-up comedian, uh, TV, radio host. Uh, He's been in stand-up his whole life. He used to stand behind me twiddling the sound knobs and doing the lights when I was first started. ran a club called Funny Bunnies in Southend and uh, they just gave me a chance. His dad always went, I bet you'll forget us when you get to the top. So now I aggressively use Ross on every project. I will not have my character denigrated by your old man. nothing to do with my talent. This is not yours to your old man who never trusted me. Good, I can't do it to him. Two men. I'm also joined by absolute legend. What do you call yourself? A satirist? A comedian? Absolute legend. Absolute legend. How do you describe yourself, Hayden Oh, I don't know. Satirist, I guess. I was a journalist and now I guess I'm a comedian, but I don't really know. Do you do character comedy ever? Some, yeah, we do character, character, character comedian, comedy. Character yeah, comedian, yeah, stand-up. Yeah. yeah. Definitely yeah. a satirist. Didn't know you were a journal. Hayden Prowse yeah. is in the house. And of course, <laughs> what makes this different to any other lads stand around and discuss stuff, blah, blah, is there is always a lady auditor keeping a check on what we say. We will assume things about mm. how girls feel. It yeah. will come out of my mouth, but you see with women. And waiting to jump on that sentence will be stand-up comedian Judy Love, who is in the house. Woo-hoo. So you'll be the lady auditor. Doesn't mean you just got to wait to the end of the chat and then do an, an audit, jump in back and forth. But it's a bit of a snort there, wasn't it? But what we're discovering as we go through this series, to our horror, particularly to Guardian reading Free Tibet covered in hummus, I'll never shave my armpits. People like me, is there are gender differences. I'm horrified. I thought, you know, we were all like Ken dolls. We didn't even have genitals. Mm. But turns out we are different on certain aspects. Mm-hmm. And I've been going on my Facebook page and other pages saying, what should we talk about? Where do you think men and women are different? And this one keeps coming back again and again and again. Anger. Mm. Oh. Anger, anger, anger. Ooh. Grumpiness, sulking, all facets of it. Yeah. And there is no denying it. Boys are worse than girls. More angry. They're not just more angry, Aiden. I think you could get a man and a woman equally angry about the same thing, but the reaction is different. Right. Now, before we even start talking, we need to discuss what type of angry people we are. I am touch wood, so far, this far from my life, but never actually hit another human being in my entire life. I know it seems unbelievable, high-energy, coffee-drinking, mental bastard like me, (laughs) but apart from pushing someone back and forth when I was in, like, the third year at school, I've got this far without having having (laughs) to connect fist to face. That said, I have one of the worst 
temper that I know. I am a door <laughs> door imagine. slamming. I I'm a door slamming. <laughs> key finding. No, I, I'm awful. I'm like, where's my keys? Where's my keys? Where's my keys? Only in recent years have I have to stop, you know, covering up holes in you, walls and do shit. Do you blame lots of people for having lost your keys before you realise you've left them in oh, your no, front pocket? Oh, no, it's much worse yeah. than that. Yeah. Blame myself. Yeah. Right. The violence is turned inwards. Right. <laughs> yeah, we're going to go into well. all of this. Yeah. Ross, what type of angry are you? Definitely a, a kind of... I tend to bottle things up a lot, stew on it for, like, a good couple of weeks, and then just smash the whole house up. Right. When mm. something really mediocre will tip me over the edge. But I'm the same. I've, been, I've not been in many fights... But that's usually well, said not many. Since <laughs> <laughs> right. you're from Essex, you're gonna to have to quantify that. <laughs> <laughs> it's under hundred. I only got a couple a week. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, on a Friday, yeah. but that's like a fight if it even mug punches back on it. <laughs> yeah, I've not been on the winning end of many fights. To really? be honest, in my life, no. But I, I, I tend to. I have got a temper and a loud voice. So, and because I'm a small bloke as well, mm. I think I use that as a mechanism. So, like, I feel like if someone's mugging me off. I feel like it's they're doing it because I'm smaller and they think they can oh, have me, so I get Essex, bigger and louder. That's Essex for taking advantage of someone, Judy. Just <laughs> okay. But then, I, yeah. But then eventually, I, I do. I have got a temper, and it will just bubble over eventually, and then I will just. So you're you're a more two to three week cycle bubble it over a yeah. Whereas I'm, I'm a daily. I mean, I've gone about three times today. Right. Yeah. No. No. I don't. I don't lose it three times, but I do get. You know, I yeah. get super stressed over something quite important, and that will be the baseline of the stress. But I won't let anyone right. else know about that. Yeah. See that already. We are opposites. If it's a big important thing, I don't know someone's done me for. 20, that's never happened, but say someone did me for 20 grand, say my house was robbed. I'm the person that if mm. someone gets hit by a car, I'm great, I'm in the road, blood all over me, calm, calling the ambulance. Yeah. But if I can't find my house keys, <laughs> stand clear. Yeah, that'll be what, what tips it over the edge, that will. Yeah, yeah, yeah for I, me, that's I, something, but it would, it would be an, an underlying. See, I'm completely the other way around. Once the big thing comes in, I calm. Isn't that weird? Ooh, yeah, that, that is, is really weird. weird. Hey, Hayden, what about you? What, what sort of angry person are you? Are you I a, think I, I used to be a much more angry person. Than I am now, and how does it manifest? Are you a dog? I think I'm a, I was a bit like you. I think I was very, very self-critical and very angry at myself, and that obviously manifested as, as anger towards other people because you project it. But now I just drink a lot more, so I'm cool. <laughs> Self-medicating. Yeah, it's yeah, good to know. Essentially, yeah. but we'll give you a fact sheet before yeah. the recording. <laughs> <laughs> and what, what about you, Judy? What type of uh, Judy love God. are you? Do you have a temper? I do have a temper, but it will take a lot to. Um, I think I can control it a bit. I think. I have those aspects that you have, the little things that can really tick me off. Yeah. And I'll just have that outburst and then I'll kind of contain myself. But what, takes, what do you like with the big things? If someone really, things, someone really insults you... Uh, if it hurts... On, if you're in a relationship, logged onto the laptop, yeah, guys yeah. cheating on you... Something like that, I think the ones that hurt, I'll take it all in and I'll be calm, I'll phone a friend and say, you're never going to guess what. And I'll tell them and they'll be like, you're right, Jews? And I'll be like, yeah... I'm all right. And then about two weeks later, you can't find the bitch. So <laughs> <laughs> the anger, I'm like, it's not, it kind of bubbles. It's day by day, I start to add on to anger, like the disrespect, or like, oh my gosh, not only have you made me angry, but you lied on Thursday. So you wasn't there. Then that adds on to something else. Mm. And then I'm like, oh my gosh, how did I not see this? And then I start the whole, you should know better, Judy. You should have... Do you say it immediately or do you let it build up no, and get really up. angry? Yeah, it builds yeah, up. So maybe by about the third yeah. day and then after that I might get a bit emotional. Yeah. But yeah, I won't... Same. I, I definitely, the other things will start compounding. Com- I, yeah. I overanalyze everything. Overanalyze. I've got a strategy for this. For example, with my flatmate, if he leaves a bunch of washing in the sink, I just say straight away, what's your fucking shit, motherfucker? Like straight away, 
because I know if I don't do it then at the beginning, give it two days and I'll be just... It's dangerous. When it was three of us, three lads living in a house, for that situation, we had something called the bowl of shame. So we had a washing up bowl and the bowl of shame. And dirty stuff went in the bowl of shame, and when it was full, it went under the duvet of <laughs> oh the shame. Oh my god! <laughs> that sounds like a, is that, how did that how long did that work for? That's, it works that's because because I'm I'm cursed by being a tidy, organised, punctual person. You know, yeah. fuck me for daring to be that. <laughs> because we, I do not communicate with the slobs. I mean, that mm. we're talking about little things that can set, send me off. That will absolutely. I could be having the best day. Got three numbers on the lottery, ten pound yeah. for nothing. Yeah. My agents just called me. Oh, you got a non-broadcast pilot for? Channel Five, no. life's good, and uh, <laughs> and I'll be like, you know, I'll put my hand out the window. Oh, oh, a little bird will land on my finger. Today's going to be amazing, and then I'll just turn around and Lindsay's bras on the floor. Yeah. <laughs> I've yeah. just got to. Yeah. Yeah. It's like that bra I might as well spell out "fuck you" yeah. on the floor. Untidiness to me yeah. is one of my biggest triggers for it's, anger. It's not one of the ten sins, though, is it? Slovenliness. Oh, is that what it is? That doesn't but it's not a fo- Look, I guess you're lazy because you didn't pick up your bra. Listen, so. I'm not saying, and just because obviously Lindsay will hear this, that being untidy is wrong and being tidy is right. Mm-hmm. It isn't. It's not written anywhere that yeah. having your pants and socks folded in an orderly fashion, why wouldn't you? But it's not written <laughs> that they should be in a drawer that should hang your clothes. Yeah. It's not, you're not a superior person if you do that. In fact, a more creative person might live in an untidy place. As long as it's not dirty, who am I to criticise? Yeah. However, we speak different languages, us people. Was right? you um, really messy as a kid? Was your parents? strict on you for... I don't think I'm like OCD sleeping with the enemy towels in ascending size order. <laughs> I, I like house should be lived in, but I can't bear a kind of... You know when like just someone's just ejaculating stuff as they walk down the corridor? <laughs> and there's like, so, like a cartoon with socks and plates yeah. coming out of them? Because it's like they're saying to me... <laughs> I don't respect you. And here yeah. is some baked beans that show me how much I think you're a twat. One of the last biggest rows I had with Holly, actually, was when I was doing the washing up, and Holly would admit that she's uh, self-confessed not very good at the old bit of being a housewife. So I, I'm the house husband now, I do all that business, and I'm absolutely fine with that, until I'm doing, like, a big load of washing up, and then she'll just come in and... Put like add another oh. cup. And it's like there could be a mountain of it, but that other cup is just like you fucking man. That's like that up as well. That's the emotional buckaroo. <laughs> yes. You know, remember buckaroo? Yeah, 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 to yeah, hang exactly, things yeah. on. That mug is the donkey leg mm. that kicks mm-hmm. the anger off. Yeah. Maybe it's like a test for how much you love them. <laughs> but my theory is you have to be with someone that's opposite. If I was with another yeah. highly strung, mm. OCD, punctual, tidy person, it's fun. For about three weeks, you're like, Perfect. oh my God, we've got so much in common. But yeah. then by the end of the third week, it's like, I'm, I'm centre of attention. Stop. Please don't move. Like, ah, 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 ah. <laughs> and then towels are in the same It's too much. So you need, yeah. you sort of, I need to be of a chilled woman to chill me out. But at mm. the same time, they are my little triggers. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So how did your temper manifest itself, Hayden? You never said. Was it was it a door slammer? Have you ever oh, hit anyone? Was, oh yeah. Have you ever I, like pulled a car over at a row with someone? Yeah, when I was a, when I was a sort of hot-headed youth, I got in a, yeah, I got in quite a lot of fights. Really? Did you? Yeah. Yeah. Not the salt. Yeah. You did you go to a posh school or? A... <laughs> yeah, I went to a posh school. So yeah. it was like a jewel, really. You had to. Yeah, do... We had jewels. <laughs> ten, ten pieces. <laughs> and I went to <laughs> We're all issued muskets at the age of six. You have <laughs> soiled my top hat, Thomas. He's <laughs> 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 have a white glove. He's... Face. The reason I'm asking is, I don't know if you agree, Judy, sometimes I think it's the more the culture you come from is, is wound up, yeah. the greater the potential 
for yeah. anger to get squashed down. So if you are from a more middle class English mm. background, yeah, then maybe you've got more. You know, like pushing more about You've kind of pushed it, suppressed it. Whereas what I've, I don't, I actually don't know much about your background, Judy. But from what I can get, Jamaican. So it's not exactly don't express yourself, <laughs> is it? No, no, it's a complete. Growing yeah. up as, as a, a black British. Woman, yeah. young lady. You shouldn't have to hesitate for yeah, girls so long. Oh, that would be hurt scary me in a nightclub, you know. Woman. That's what the problem was. Because <laughs> yeah, then I started to reflect on my age. <laughs> oh, oh, right. <laughs> but growing I up. You were transitioning then live on air. No, I would have, not su- like, no. I would have supported no. you. <laughs> yeah, I know you would have, baby, but not yet. I'm still looking cock. But, um, but growing up as a woman, I think in a Jamaican household, emotions were expressed. Mm-hmm. You know, it was expressed like going to church, when the mm. friends come around, family functions, someone died. We don't really suppress our emotions in that sense. It, it's very verbal. It's very mm. expressive. You can tell when mum was angry because the hmm and the huh and all of yeah. that would start to come out. If mum was upset, you know, the crying... If someone died, it was wailing, like you would wail. So the only emotion that I probably actually would probably be suppressed was the love, to be honest with you, because love was always shown in different forms. Mum, dad working three jobs, making sure we ate, making sure we had clothes. That was how the love was shown. But to actually verbally say it was a little less, which is quite strange. So to link that to what Hayden was saying, do you think then, and obviously we're just guessing here, that you growing up in a culture where your sort of stuff's coming out at a medium to high level the whole time means that when you become an adult woman, you've got less of that bounce from suppression to overexpression. Because you've grown up with, if I'm going to say it, it's going to come out where mm. Hayden's grown up in a more keep it in, keep it in, keep it in, and punch. But <laughs> <laughs> well, I remember growing up with the dad who went to boarding school. I remember going oh. over to houses where, the, where West Indian families living, and I was like, to my friends, is everything OK? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, well, they'd the say that to you. We're no. just having lunch. No, he's no, no I was West saying, oh, oh, OK, right. Everyone seems to be quite angry. No, 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 it's fine. It's just normal. It's just understanding different between angry and expressive and I think from a West Indian background depending if the family was born here or if they came over there's other underlying things that make you angry I think it's only until I was independent moved out then I had a different terminology of anger so what I'm trying to ask you Judy I'm, I'm phrasing it badly is being expressive from age zero to 21 something that can protect you from being angry when you're older, or is there no link? I think it can. I think it's good to be allowed to go through the transition of emotions so you can kind of learn how to control it when you are getting to that stage. Because if you don't know and you've kept it like, no, don't do that, Charles, or don't do that, mm. or whatever, even in a Jamaican household, don't do that. Then when you're an adult, it has that effect. The same way in the black community, like mental health, you know, someone's acted a different way than was supposed to be norm, it would be sh- quiet, don't do that. And that's why there's such a high rate right. of black people with mental health, because now they're adult. They can't, they don't know how to control Mm -hmm. it and, you know, they're just expressing it. So, like, there's not many places in the country you can come from that has its own cultural identity that people do (laughs) stereotypes about, that make fun of it. It's so strong, (laughs) the Essex thing. And there's something there about emotions, isn't there? Like, the men in the Essex household are wound up so fucking... (laughs) It's worse, actually, for me, because my whole dad's side of the family are from the East End. Like, my nan and granddad met at the Tate Lyle factory, that proper, like, work. She was like, there's something sweet about you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, My dad, he's got all that sort of East End geezer in him. 
But he had so much of that from my granddad, his dad, that he's kind of, he was softening a bit, but he still has like this hard kind of exterior. Like, it's like, run away yeah. from fights when you can, son, but if they do, if you can't run away from it, not the biggest one out of a chair, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, I was quite lucky in the respect that he'd made us, always said, I love you after every phone call and every yeah. every time we'd leave, or, you know, he thought it was really important because he never got that necessarily. Mm. But at the same time, my old man's temper when he goes, it was, it was a fucking nightmare, you know? Mm. So it's like this weird kind of... Yeah, I find, like, I'm stereotyped by being from Essex, but I wouldn't necessarily put me in that bracket you know I don't you could hear someone from Jamaican community saying I'm stereotyped by being from Jamaican yeah, but yeah, I don't yeah. I don't live any of the stereotypes that's put on me because the way I sound and where I'm from I know people read me as thick yeah, it's not yeah, until yeah. I start talking about Anthony Trollope and how his novels are well good <laughs> no it is though like there's, there's assumptions made my dad really didn't recognise me as a person until I'd read some of the classics really um, yeah he just referred to you as Agamemnon. To <laughs> Agamemnon? No, genuinely. I'm standing in the kitchen. Troy, he... please call it Troy. It's not the kitchen. I think he found it hard to engage with me as a, as a baby until I could actually talk and engage him in conversation. Wow. That's well, I was, I, was, I was thinking yeah, about. Think... We've spoken about this before, but there are a certain generation of men. I don't know what it's uh, if, what it's like with girls, Judy, but. When I was a baby, mm. I look at pictures of my old man cradling me as a baby and I can't... It's so weird that that silverback held me one day. <laughs> like, his 17-inch arm, my head resting there, yeah. steroid arms, and there he is cradling me like with tenderness. But the second I was a little geezer, it was a problem. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So it sounds to me like it was the other way around with you, Hayden. Like, oh, no, because... Then we used became... to be wet nursed in the village at that point. <laughs> <laughs> no, because there was a period where I, where I got very naughty, and then it became a lot of there was a lot of clashing. But basically, I had to submit to his way of running and ordering life, mm. which I'm quite glad I did. And there was a real battle of wills at a certain point where I thought I could just run around the place and do whatever I wanted and everything would be totally fine. Dad, chill out! And obviously that wasn't the case. It was a battle of wills that he won and I'm really glad he won it mm. to a degree. Like, and maybe that's part... Maybe it just happened to you at a younger age, I don't know. Structure of my anger is a carbon copy of my dad's, my disappointment. Yeah. Culturally, I've become everything opposite just to annoy him initially. <laughs> I don't you know which one. My mum and dad were fire. I grew up in a single-parent home, so my mum was angry a lot of the times. Mm. But she loved us. That was all I did know. My dad, he was just very... When I did see him, he was always relaxed. He was always... And that used to get my mum even more angry. Mm. So, so he was a chilled one. Your yeah, he was, was a chilled one, one. But apparently he has got a temper, but he was chilled because he didn't really have much responsibility. Right. He'd pop in, you are right, and pop back out. So I think I've got both... Flames. I want to ask the guys now, go as honest as you like. I'm going to go really honest. <laughs> What's the Where's worst the you've lost your temper? Uh, you, I know you're thinking of the white, real one, so if you don't want to tell that one... I don't say I don't make it criminal, but what's the worst? I'm talking lost it where if someone's filming it, it looks like you've got mental health. You know where you're not, yeah, you're, not yeah. you're not thinking straight, you're just you're gone. Yeah, I've had a like a, a I rarely hit a person in my life, do you know what I mean? And yeah. I've not had a, a like I lost my temper to a point where I've hurt somebody. But I'm not one for hitting an unanimate objects either. But I had like I went to Edinburgh first time I've been to Edinburgh there for a week and I'd like just destroyed my body I was in this massive come down then obviously worried about money and everything else and mm. then like trying to pursue a career and pay the rent and, that, and everything everything come to a head and I what was the trigger 
You had an argument. Yeah, I, I, I had an argument with Holly over over money. I think it was, and like we, we rarely argue as well. We've got quite you know a good relationship like that. We we do understand each other. I think to a degree mm. until we argue, and then we have very different ways of dealing with it. Like the polar opposite, actually. So Holly like needs to take in everything that's happening and then come away from the situation, come back to it, and then talk okay, about it. Before you Whereas, share what actually happened, is that not the first instance of a genuine gender divide? Now, I'm not saying there aren't girls that explode and men that go away and come back, but it's probably about 80% of guys do the... What have I just done to smash up the lounge? And 80% of women have a more interactive relationship with their anger. Is that fair or am I talking rubbish? I, I think women, we just want all the information and if we're not See, getting that's the it, same as what you just said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, want, we do. We want all the info. And you could be angry and trying to walk away, but it's not that we're trying to antagonise you more. It's just that we want all the information actually, right now. Actually, it's the other, it's the other way around. Right. Like, I have to sort this out now. Like, if, if we're having an argument, I want it sorted now, lying under so, it, cut off, so finish it. But it will never happen. Do you know what <laughs> I mean? Oh, no, we don't want to sort <laughs> it out straight away. We want it to that's, that's what, in my head, that's no, what I want. We, just, we don't want you to sort it out straight away. We just want the information so we know how yeah. angry this bitch has got to get. Yeah. That's what it is. <laughs> Let's keep this shit real. We want to know how much. Okay, and we'll play smart with you. We'll smart. I think strategically that's a much better way to go about it because yeah. I've often found in relationships if I lose my shit and have a bit of a meltdown, I then feel so bad about losing my shit. Yeah, I'll yeah, basically same. do whatever she says. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm the same. You have that because once what you do, actually, you, you do lose. when you're having this, so go on, this You're having an argument about so the yeah, money. I mean, it's nothing particularly interesting. We've had this big argument. That's the uh, All of this, this come down is just coming out on Holly, she's walked out the room and then I've had this, like, like you said, if you think someone was looking at on the outside looking at you, look like a mental person. Yeah, go on. And smashed up the whole basement and broken all my hand on the one. I'm like, just crying. And what were you doing at the time? Were you making like, sweaty, like a proper animal, like, ah, noisy? Yeah, like, like, honestly. no one it, talks about this it shit, was, man. It was horrific. I know, I know yeah. it happens to people. I know it's happened to every man I know and mm. I've never heard a man talk about it. That's why I'm making it. Sure. The, the, the catalyst as well, because like, I tend to like, it, when I'm saying like, the, the, I might be pissed off about an underlying thing that's quite big and then a little thing will tip me out of the edge to lose my temper. When I lose it on the big thing, I'll just break down and, and cry. Mm. You know what I mean? When you get so, so you angry... angered in smash, smash, smash I can't do tears. it in front of everyone, but I'll just just get it all out of my system yeah. and like, I did smash that whole room up and it's the first time I've ever done it. I and felt like this... Did it feel, great in the instance, but then mm. instant humility. Oh, yeah, so like yeah. that bit, like the minute you finished a wank and you're like, what do I just do that for? I'm fucking grown yeah. man. But like... <laughs> I don't, I'm not in that phase yet. I'm like, what's a quality wank back to work? <laughs> it's different you're doing an agreement with her. Yeah. I just, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a few years behind, clearly. Anyway, Karen. But, but yeah, that, but it, I think that was actually a catalyst for me, and that, that actually helped me sort of understand <coughs> the kind of, like, my own anger, because I don't think I ever really knew what I was capable of or mm. what, because I'd got really angry before, but never lost it, and that is my benchmark now for losing it. I smoke a bit of weed as well, and that kind of is instant rationale for me. I use it, I've got quite an overactive brain, and I find that that is my buffer between reality and mm. one puff of that stuff, and it's the instant rationale, you know? And then yeah. I instantly realise, mm. well, can I have been? I realise I've <laughs> fucking broken my guitar, I'm still going about to this yeah. day, it was years ago. Once you were stoned, you wanted to play it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> broken. Oh, I know, it's all just one straight down. It's amazing. Um, Hayden, we're going to come to yeah. you, come to you next, but we do have to take a quick break. And in that break, this is, I'm not going to get used to this. We, uh, I have to do the advert. Is it still Harry's razors? Oh, I've done Harry's razors. Did you get sent some Harry's razors? They're quite. I good. did. They're yeah. absolutely awesome. <laughs> good on it. 
It really is. So, yeah, you can hear us talking about Harry's razors there. Uh, often you get handed a sponsor and you think, oh, I better read this out. And most of the times it's things I don't eat or carbs. But I actually do have a hairy face if I don't shave. I've been using Harry's razors. They are amazing. It's, I haven't had a single panellist yet who doesn't have designer stubble, so I don't bother <laughs> hand out any gifts. You're Sorry, welcome. That wasn't, that wasn't directed at you, Judy, by the way. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> but uh, they're great razors. They're an independent business. They bought their own factory in Germany to ensure it's a Quality of the razor. I think it was in England, wouldn't it? It'd be like a bit of sharp stone, mate. Just carve it off your face. No, I mean, what's the fuss? Grow a beard, go south end. But in Germany, the face must be smooth for a more streamlined efficiency through life. So that's where the razors are made. And they're awesome. It's like a proper independent business. So get started shaving with Harry's today by claiming your trial set for £3.95. Support our podcast and get your trial set delivered to you, including a razor handle. Normally, you would just hold a loose blade and drag it across your face. But this includes a handle, a five-blade cartridge, foaming shave gel, and a travel, a travel blade cover, in case you want to go out and have a shave in Lidl. <laughs> so go to harrys.com forward slash Russell Kane right now. That's harrys.com forward slash Russell Kane. Here's James O'Brien to tell you about his show on Joe. Hello and welcome to Unfiltered. Hello and welcome to Unfiltered. Hello and welcome to Unfiltered. It's a long-form interview series where we get inside the minds of some of the most interesting people from the worlds of entertainment, sport, politics and the media. Each week we spend an hour finding out what makes them tick, why they do what they do and maybe even have a bit of a laugh along the way. Unfiltered is available everywhere you get podcasts, so subscribe now and get yourself at the front of the queue for each and every new episode. Cheers, James. Thank you very much. Welcome back to Boys Don't Cry, where we are talking about anger. Again, a subject I thought would just run for five minutes and then we could run on to meteor things. But it's just gone a bit deeper than I thought. I think it's a part of every... I'm going to go there. Every man's makeup. I think it's there. It's one of the little ingredients in the Petri dish of most blokes you've ever known. It's just the ratio and how big it is. It's not in the Petri dish of every woman I've known. It's in some I've known, but some girls I've dated three, four, five years and I've never seen a single aggressive door slam. Or... Don't let that fool you. No, I know there's plenty that do. We've got, we've all got the bit of anger. It's just we might express it differently. Those girls probably express it when you're sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Some women, it might come out when they're having sex. No, I honestly. I don't mind it coming out then. Yeah, or, you know, just <laughs> maybe when they're cooking for you, it might taste a bit funny. Everybody has it. Everybody has the anger. It's just how, what is that little thing that will just tip you over the edge and if you really have been with someone for 10, 15 years and you haven't seen the anger it's a slight but, worry but do you not so no. okay I take that on but do you not think that when you date a new man right tomorrow you meet a guy who looks like Mr Wright dude it's a hypothetical example Sorry, don't smile to it started twitching <laughs> you've got to admit as a woman you've got kids right yeah one of the oh, first yeah. thing that crosses your mind is how much of that is in this guy's personality Whereas a girl, if we start dating a girl tomorrow, it's quite far down my list worrying about how fiery her temper is mm. in particular. I'm not like, she's going to blah, blah, blah. Mm. Uh, how violent is it? It's there. Mm. But what all I'm arguing is when a woman does like the Terminator scan across the room, absorbing data, one of the first things near the top of the list is anger. And that's because the threat it would oppose to Right. Them. I feel like there's actually a bit of mm. pressure on men to get angry about certain things. I feel mm. like if you're, like, with your lads and something's happened, like, or someone's, like, mm. looked at your missus or whatever, you're, you're kind of, like, 
if you're just like, oh, don't worry about it, you know, she's mine, I'm going home with her, then, <laughs> then it's sort of like, what are you talking about, mate? Mm. Go yeah. sort him out. Yeah. Mm. And there is that kind of, like, pressure that like, I feel like I should be getting ang- more angry than oh, what, right. what so I am. Oh, right, so pressure the other way as well. Mm. Yeah, yeah, like, just because, they, not that, you know, my mates aren't, aren't like that, really. They're all, you know, drama lovers now. But, like, when I was growing up, if something, like, if a situation like that had happened, I would be expected to, like go and confront that guy and if, mm. I, if I didn't go and confront that guy then you know I'm a pussy somehow yeah there, there's a brilliant study I will try and find out where it is so we can link it on the website but if, if I can't apologies they've done studies where they sit behind glass screens and they watch the way parents of newborns or three weeks and under are holding their babies and can you believe it that women and men with a free with a baby once they know the gender of that baby Cradle it differently, hold oh. it slightly differently, more and more, more closed. Girls are more closed. You, you, it starts straight away. Boys, once they get to 18 months, crawl on the floor. Look at him, he's already a bruiser. Jumping him off the sofa. Right. Yeah. Careful, printer. It starts so early. Wow. So we've got this push to what Ross is saying, bruiser, 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 be a boy, mixed with, what are you crying for? You're five. Yeah, 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 yeah. If Minna, my daughter, starts crying, I'm like, come here, babe, what's wrong? Explain yourself. That's a dangerous mix, it isn't is. it? It's that whole stereotype what society is built around masculinity because as what you're saying is so true and as well women can contribute to that or your partner because sometimes you argue and you you want your man to be angry because mm. you want it that, that is weird that's weird know, to me why are you the guy was looking at me and like why was you not a bit more angry like, so not many women would admit that yeah, so are you talking about women you've seen do that or have you had that emotion yourself yeah I think I've had I've it never when seen... I was less mature obviously yeah. but I mean you've had that where you're like You've had an argument with your man and he's you're kind of like saying, well, I'm going to end it. And he's like, well, if that's what you really feel. <laughs> 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 like, what? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you bet, you bet, you, I want to hear you mash up something. <laughs> I want to call my friends and say, oh, my God, I think he's coming down. I want my friends to be running around saying, oh, my God, we're going to call the police on your <laughs> And then we make up a little bit more. But we don't need to beat us up. Don't beat us up. So... So what about this statistic then? Um, that during the World Cup there was a thirty-eight percent increase in domestic oh, abuse no. so when England lost. Wow. Yeah. Insane. When England wow. loses, sorry, when it's England so loses. Sad. So when they I win, it's just twenty percent. And twenty-six percent yeah. when they win. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So just cancel the World Cup. So the average <laughs> yeah. man, I don't want to make class some decisions, but I am from that class, so I feel like I can play with the stereotypes. Probably working class man. There's something going on in the regulation there that when a high in either direction mm. is experienced, they're not built in a way that can withstand that fluctuation and bang, I'll lash mm. out, princess. It's awful. But uh, what can explain it? I think it's about underlying yeah. frustration. If you've got something that you're so fixated on, football, cars, whatever, and it doesn't go your way, the fact that you can't contain or even accept that it didn't go. It's about acceptance. You can't accept that it didn't go that way, okay, but maybe next time. There's some underlying... That's that one thing you're pushing to. There's some underlying frustration. Definitely when I was at my angriest was when I was, I guess, in my early 20s. I didn't feel like I'd achieved the things that I needed to Mm. achieve and it made me really angry at the world. And I think that comes down a lot to, you know, the way you're brought up and culturally told the way you have to be as a boy. Movies you watch, you're told from the movies and the books that you read 
that if you're not running the world and essentially either James Bond or Gordon Gecko by the time you're 28, you failed as a man. And you get to 22, 23, and you're like, oh, my God, maybe I'm just normal and this is just my Mm. life. And it's it's just the frustration, I guess. So that's 100% when I was at my most angry. And then you take that out on other people. Frustration, I think with going back to the football thing relates to what I was saying earlier as well about how like you kind of feel pressured to get angry about something I think like, when a, a man is, is watching a football match like the passion exuded there my dad's a huge Liverpool fan never been to Liverpool in his life but he just yeah. absolutely loves Liverpool he's so passionate and the telly goes up and the flags go on the wall when mm. they play and like I just think when you're in that masculine environment and you're, you're exuding all that passion that's got to come out somewhere and like you say, we're like it's almost like intrinsically can't deal with that. It's one thing to like not be able to handle the emotion of your team losing, and you get a bit angry and slam a door. It's quite another to beat on another human being oh, Christ, it's because of a game. Yeah. That's a bad, bad malfunction. Yeah. It's, um, this isn't at all a qualification. I'm just saying that it's it's the same thing with the football as it is with the way young men deal with their lives because mm. it's all about winning. Yeah. It's all about you How as a long? man must achieve and you must win. And the football yeah. is the perfect example of that. It's the moment where you decide whether or not you're the best. Yeah. And if you're not, then if we go off now, right? We form a boys' basketball team. You form a girls' basketball team. You go play a bunch of other girls. We go play a bunch of other boys, right? And both teams lose. Mm-hmm. And we come sit back at this table. We would all look equally disappointed. You'd be like, I really want to win that basketball game. I'm pissed off. And you would say the same. But when hormones are measured, the woman's hormonal imbalance is more constant. So your experience is psychological. I wanted to win the basketball game and I'm pissed off. Your testosterone is on the floor. Mm. You're actually experiencing a chemical low when the gig didn't go right, when you lost a football game, when you didn't Mm. win something. Mm. Now, that is controversial as uh, what I've just said, and I will get a little bit of... um, Mm. It's not true, it's disproved and debunked, but what on earth are you supposed to do with that information if it can be proved that men chemically deal with disappointment differently? (laughs) Does that surprise you, that information? It does surprise me, but I think it just shows that trying to find ways to teach boys, just everybody, boys and girls, to how to deal with such emotion, whether the chemicals or not. It's if more you, important with a boy. If it's, yeah, if more it's important with a boy. something coming into his system. Right, and if you know that this is a possibility, you need to be starting to prepare young boys from ages, maybe something that should be spoke about in schools, uh, from nursery, from finding toys or ways to deal with that instead of leaving it until you're an adult and then... One other thing I wanted to ask you, Judy, because obviously we're talking about stereotypes and the way boys are raised and blah, blah, Mm. blah. I saw a really interesting thing that you were retweeting and talking about the other way. It's something I've never thought about. Mm. Obviously, someone who is interested in sociology and blah, 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 racial stereotypes Mm. have spoken about loads in forums on stage. I've never, ever heard of this stereotype and didn't realise it was such a problem. The strong black woman stereotype. It's a crossover with masculinity, which is why I was so fascinated to ask you about it. Can you just explain it to us? It's very. I studied when I um, did my masters. I did my dissertation on this. The impact of. (laughs) First, yeah. Um, the impact of the stereotype of strong black woman, how it affects our emotional well-being, and it's a really dangerous stereotype. It sounds similar though to what we've been talking about. Isn't it? Yeah, it that, is. Like, to do with blokes. Yeah, it's about like it's like a fake exterior. Yeah, to put on not showing what... your emotion, mm. just always managing. It doesn't mm. matter. You know, your husband's left you. You've got the rent to pay free kids, the job, you, f- you feel like you're feeling against racism, you just got to keep going. You don't break down when your friends are saying to you, how are you, I'm all right. Or they will say to you, 
You might say to him, I, I'm not feeling good, I just really get to me. And the first thing they say is, come on, girl, you're strong. You're mm-hmm. a strong black woman. And it doesn't allow any space for you to actually That's crazy. go and express. So, it's like man up. In yeah, and, the, and unfortunately, statistics-wise, mm. black women are the highest statistics of getting sectioned. You know, yeah, only a couple of weeks ago, I spoke to three black women in entertainment. Every single one were going through depression. I was mentoring them, Mm. every single one. And when I studied it, it was a really hard thing for me to study. It was about six months. I cried, I locked myself away. It it took about a year for me to get over it um, emotionally because I had to look at myself. I realised, oh, my God, my mum was doing that. My mum was doing that. Or you started to see how many black women is doing that. And there is that same thing on, I have to say, what came up most was white females as well. If they are leading in business, then they're seen as non-maternal and quite bitchy. So there is this stereotype, but it is really dangerous and it still exists. So what what, what I'm talking about when I'm on stage is a complete opposite. And I can only go on the laughter of recognition is that it's the other way around. So when a girl has a problem... Even though, like, the girls gather around, protect and form a circle, share your problem, babe, light and aromatherapy candle, it's mm. okay to cry. So it sounds like that's not your experience. Is that what Holly's mates are like? Is everyone g- gathers around? Yeah, yeah, Holly's got a, a quite a good support network of friends. We, 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 we have the, I do the joke, put him in the bushes, I don't want to watch it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're going to lose your deposit for Falaraki, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I even, like, you know, I, I like to think that I'm quite a wise soul I like to th- I'm always there giving advice to my friends and stuff but mm. like when I've had a mate properly going through it I do find it hard to find the words for him do you know mm. what I mean but feel like this like I should be sort yeah. of and it's because I've kind of got this weird Sambuca. yeah <laughs> but I have got like this weird crossover in my brain where I'm sort of like I want to be oh it's alright mate you know you can cry mm. and talk about it and, and this that and the other but then the manly man part of my brain is, is is like, you know, talk it out, not we'll have a beer and then just leave it alone. <laughs> it's that fear, really. I think it's fear of um, if you tap into somebody else's emotion, then it's going to make you start to think about your own. And I think, you know, yeah. as a black woman, I've got a multitude of different ethnicity, friends, ages. But if I think of my black female friends, if I'm going through something, I think now we're much more expressive because I've said to them, look, this is the shit we're going through. We need to open up, yeah? But previous mm. to that... It was, you know, like when my mum was dying, it was like, they'd come around, like, one's cooking, one's done the kid's hair, one's tidied up, mm. one's telling the baby daddy, don't call her, and they've all mm. they've all come with a strong black woman, can't afford for her to break down, we've got shit to do. Right. Instead of the, OK, babe, So the circle's there. The circle's there. But it's like a brick circle rather a brick, than a feather circle. And, and it is out of fear because it's like, no, nah, man, that's my girl. If she breaks down, I don't know if I can manage it. Yeah. Let's not talk about this. And that's the same we saw with our mothers. Our mothers, and that's why that generation had a lot of things, high blood pressure, strokes within the black community. It's a lot, and it's all that, OK, let's just... Uh, get through this. So Hayden, it's your turn. What's the worst you've ever... Oh, God, do I have to talk about this? I don't know. Definitely... Just I a wall punch. Just, I've done a wall... I've done you ever broken your fingers? Well, yeah, I've damaged fingers putting... Yeah, I've put hands through walls and stuff like that, and, yeah, just that frustration. It's um, crazy, isn't it? Like, to, to, we're such animals, like, when it boils down to it sometimes. I'm like, me with all my penguin classics, I'm leading this amazing life, and then now and again I'm just an animal. Mm. It freaks me out. I think, it's, I think it's fascinating what you were saying, because I do think there is a sense in which men... Men constantly seem to talk about this thing about, oh, how we bottle up our emotions all the time, but you're mm. actually talking about your emotions when you're doing yeah. that. Yeah. And I think women actually suffer from that 
just as much in a way. And it's really interesting to hear you say that because I've been in scenarios with girls where I've seen them behaving in this sort of typically manly way of not wanting to deal with their emotions. Mm. So, well, I'll go, man. Right, so touch wood. Since 2010, I haven't properly lost my temper. I'm a bit of a door slammer. I mean, I turned up today, Ross, didn't I, using the C word every other sentence. I'll get out, <laughs> I'll get out with swearing and I will slam a door, but I wouldn't ever smash a plate or a glass or anything like that after 2010. Right. Before 2010, I definitely... It wasn't like every day, but it wasn't... It went past what you would expect to be normal in someone mm. who slammed a door. So the wall punching, the mm. fucking destroyed a few laptops, which I couldn't afford at the time I was a new stand-up comedian. So mine was very centred on my on myself. I've got marks on me now that I still have to wow. lie about, where I've gone, like, punch through glass. I've got one here, look at that. That's, that's from years ago. Just... Temper, never on a person. But I might be arguing with my girlfriend and then I'd be walking past some glass bank. I don't even remember it happening. So it was a ticking time bomb for something yeah, really, same, ba- yeah. really bad to happen. Anyway, it was, again, the build-up to Edinburgh. And I feel bad because there's going to be people watching this where I t- tell a different story at the time because I was so embarrassed. Yeah. And uh, I just, just knacker. It's typical me overworking, doing 100 things a week. But at that time, like, no money, am I going to make it? Building up, building up to Edinburgh. Mm. This is 2009. And got home from my gig. It was hot. It was summer because it's a July preview time. We got a Chinese takeaway. I'd gone past my hunger. And I, you know, when you get that like panic attack hunger where you've got. We're sitting eating our Chinese and a row starts. I wish I could remember what it was about, but it was just a build up throughout the week. Panicking about money. We hadn't packed the cases. Nothing was organised. The girlfriend I was with at the time was laid back. It was probably something to do with that. There was no build-up. Do you ever have what I call a flash temper? We yeah. need to do it. No, we don't. Yes, we do. Fucking do, we. And it's just gone. It's gone. <laughs> yes. like, normally an argument is, don't say that. I will say that. You say it again. <laughs> there was really. Is that what you think? And you're gone. Like, yeah, oh, like an X-man temper. It was one of those. Except God knows why I went with my head instead of my hands. And the only thing in front of me was what I was eating. Oh. <laughs> oh my God. So uh, I, I head-butted the plate, basically. <gasps> right? And I just went... Not hard. But hard enough yeah. to crack it. Yeah, yeah. Your head yeah. or the plate? Uh, well, the plate. But is if that you... what that scar is? No, no, that one. No, that's that's a, ge- that's a genuine one. The, the scar for this one's in here. So I, I went down like that. So you can't see. There is no. But there probably is a scar under my hair. So I head back to the plate. It's gone in half. And next thing I've seen, the just the clarets over the water. The blood's just gone <gasps> like horror film. Like your head really bleeds. You've cut your head over. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. And it's come down over my. Over my eyes, so I thought I thought I'd hit my head so hard I'd gone blind. Right? Oh, I was like, I'm in the kitchen, like horror film. Then oh, this is when I thought I had cracked my head. Open. I mean, this sounds funny now. It's obviously I'm, it's not supposed to be funny. I can't help it. I'm a comedian, yeah. so it comes out funny. I've started picking this white shit. I'm thinking oh. I, I thought it was skull or flesh. Oh. Do you know what it was? Special fried rice. <laughs> it was in the, it was in the cut. Oh. Right? So then oh, I'm like, I'm going to God. Edinburgh in a week. What the fuck am I going to do? So we've gone to South End Hospital. I'm in the triage, lying like an abused person. I'm there with my wife. I'm not drunk. I've got a cut in my head. So they're, you know, they're going to assume one thing, one thing <laughs> only. Someone's, someone's clouted me, her or someone else. And I was in there 
lying to the nurse, lying to the triage, getting my head stitched up. And I needed my hair done yeah, nice. You you did? I said uh, I overworked, and as I stood up to clear away the dinner, I passed out and hit my head on the table. <gasps> and uh, God, so I never got to the stage where I've had to lie. I mean, obviously, mm. I've lied about the marks and stuff that were on my body, but like a proper lie mm. about that. And I thought that. I'm not using this word lightly because I know I work for mental health charities, but that is probably the behaviour of someone heading towards being a, you know, someone with a condition or a mental person. Yeah, that's definitely, yeah. Which well, like, like, start to lie about in, something. So I had to go to Edinburgh with everyone, yeah. everyone rallying around me and the lies mm. building, oh, you overworked, God. you passed out. And I was like, that is enough. Mm. So I went straight online and that's when I found out about this thing called Hoffman Process, which is something anyone can do. It's a residential course you go away it's a bit like american you sit in a circle discuss your problems they take your phone off you you're not allowed nice. to do exercise you're not even supposed to wank like you're not allowed to do anything that distracts from talking and the group therapy element of it and they get right to the whatever your thing is you might be addicted to coke you might have depression you might be this that or the other they get to the root of what's and wait, is there. it is it free no. no, it's just about three and a half grand. It's not right. cheap. It's a, and it's it's not like a, a an NHS medically thing. It's like an. A, Private, if yeah. you looked at it online, you think that looks a bit American-y. Mm. It probably won't work. But the results unreal. And from that day, I left there eight days later to this. I have never ever done anything like that ever again. Mm. Can you believe it? Yeah. And it's been building since for the age of about fourteen. Mm. Did you think it was the the therapy that you you went under though, or the reaching that pinnacle and having that Both. out of body sort of looking Both. at yourself, mm. going, "What did you just do?" Because Both. The tagline for Hoffman is when you when you actually are ready. It's not the <laughs> actually that's the Essex version. When you are ready to make a change. Mm. But, so a lot of people sham on are ready to make that change, but they're not actually ready. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, but I could yeah. quit smoking if I want. You're not ready, mate. When you're like you bury your dad from lung cancer and you're looking at your cigarette, suddenly you're ready. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I was at that moment. It's nothing heavy what you do. It's, it's a lot of talking stuff. It's they force you to do stuff. Oh, I've never shared a room with another bloke before since I was about 11. So you're like, you're in like single business. They break you right down to mm. you're about eight. And the, I don't want to give anything away because if you give away how Hoffman process works, it might not work if you go and do mm. one. But they basically sort of take you back down and they show you that most of the time the stuff you're doing is repeating patterns you've learned. Yeah, yeah from a childhood. And once you so. realise you're doing an impression of, your dad, even though I've made a lot of money doing that. <laughs> Once you realise it, it loses its power. It's like the shadow in the corner of the room when you're a kid, you turn the light on, you're like, it's a hat stand. And so when I turn the light off again, it still looks like a That's hat amazing. stand. But that I never admitted that ever to anyone. Now I've just done it on this. <laughs> Seeing the week Daily Mail. But um yeah, so that was that was the, my worst time I ever lost my temper. I head butted a ceramic plate, and it's funny, but now I can do stand-up about it, probably mm. now that I've said yeah. it on it. And I'll never forget picking the special fried rice. And when I realised it was rice and I was probably going to be all right, I was like, done. Yeah, it is that, mm. that immediate rationale afterwards, I think. I think, like, just still got that image of me. It's almost like I weren't there experiencing it, do you know yeah, what I mean? But yeah. I, I can still see me sitting in that mess of a room and, and just, mm. like... Like, my dad never did that. He never smashed anything up. Like, he had a temper on him, but he would usually just, like... Shout a bit and then storm out the house and say, "Right, I'm gonna go and knock someone out." Then, and then, like you know, we'd be chasing down the that, street. But that's, I think it's, it's healthy to go ah, like scream now and again or slam a door within mm. reason. That's within the, the normal range. Let's not all become like Buddhist monks yeah. in a cave mm. experiencing nothing. Yeah. I think but it's when it goes past that, like the yeah. stuff Judy's talking about, the isolation, the depression, and not sharing with your female mm. friend. That's not right. 
uh, 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 yeah, about probably 2009 or... Yeah, 2009 or 8, I had a massive argument with my children's dad. And we'd literally, in that two weeks, my mum died, we split up, cheating, the worst. And it was just slowly a build-up of just, yeah... And this is the of, worst you've ever... Yeah, of frustration and, Dad, why would you do that to me? And you've seen me caring for my mother and, you got, you know, this is the time I need mm. you to be there. And it was just... I think he'd made one phone call, but I could hear it was a woman. <gasps> I'd mm. just finished, like, I could hear it was... And it was, I, I just remember I was holding my baby at the time. I actually had the baby and my son was maybe three weeks old. And I just remember calmly, and I always know when that trigger, because I get too calm. I just remember. <laughs> yeah. Do you know, like, you know when you see yeah. the, the Thailand tsunami when the yeah, water, yeah. water goes out? <laughs> That's going to be the end of it. Whoosh, it was literally like, I just had my son, oh, tucked in my saggy breasts. <laughs> and handed him to his nan. Oh, no. And I got up really slowly. You're <laughs> scary. And that Glassed was him. it. I do? went... I think I grabbed him <laughs> and I went... It's like I could hear my mum. Go on, Judith! I swear I could hear her. And I was just like... And I could hear his mum saying, Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> and then he was like, yeah, that kid... And I just, I just, what I can remember, it was just, even now I'm thinking about it, it makes me emotional. It was the frustration and the hurt, all the, everything, you know, yeah. and I think that's where it comes from. And it's really dangerous. And I just remember going ballistics. I broke my daughter's mm. not iPad, not iPad, my his iPhone, not iPhone, but you know the iPhone where you could listen to the music yeah, yeah, before yeah. we had the iPhone. I broke that. I just remember completely mashing up the whole place and then I just remember his face like we're talking about hardcore Jamaican man his face like <laughs> and I thought, oh, he looks frightened like and that's I kind of like in that moment came to just like yeah. whoa and then I just calmed down grabbed my children and went outside I just knew I had to go I just walked and walked and walked and sat down and just kept myself really calm and that's when I was like Okay, one, I've never got that anger, angry. Two, I know it's more about grief and all the rest of it. And actually, if I, if someone can take me to that position where I can, can't control myself, you're not the person for me. Boom. And that was it. See you later. Well, thank you very much, panel. I don't want to make any of you late because you're going to smash up the place. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for coming in, uh, talking to me. Hayden Prowse, Ross McGrain, and, of course, our lady auditor, Judy Love. This has been Boys Don't Cry with me, Russell Kane, brought to you by Joe. Thank you very much to my guests. Make sure you subscribe to the show. Leave a rating and a review on iTunes, but only if it's good. If you didn't like it, smash your keyboard around your computer <laughs> and don't bother. See you next week. 